At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. I wanted to share something with you that I heard at the Believers Convention this last week, just a, a statement, and I've been building around it. I've created a confession all around this just one statement that I heard. And, and that's what I'm going to share with you tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to minister to you what God's, what I've built around this statement that I feel like is vital for every one of our lives at all times. Amen? <clears throat> and it says this. It was said at the convention this last week. And, and it was said in a, in, a, in a couple of different ways, but this is the way I broke it down. I don't talk or meditate on what I don't know, what I don't have, or what I can't do. It was said in, it was said in a different person when I first heard it, but I boiled it down to me. So what I don't do every day of my life is I don't talk or meditate on what I don't know. And we're going to talk about what that looks like. How do you, how do you talk about what you don't know? And the second thing is that I don't, I don't talk or meditate on what I don't have. And thirdly, I don't talk or meditate on what I can't do. Because all through the Scripture, so in my new confession that I've added to my daily routine, I say this after I say that. I talk and meditate on what God has revealed to me I talk and meditate on what God has given to me. I talk and meditate on all that God has done for me. And I talk and meditate on the fact that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's my talk and my meditation every single day. And... What I was just saying in the beginning, the reason this has to be not just something that we make mental assent to, but it has to be what is being developed all your days, all your days with a passion. The way I'm talking about it right now, kind of in a passionate way, is the way that has to be working in your life. If not, every time you get a report about something, You'll start talking the report when it's a negative report. You'll start talking that the negativity that's involved in that because those are the first thoughts that come to your head. We're not held accountable for our thoughts. It's what we do with the thoughts. And we have to be passionate about it. You can't hear these kind of things that I'm talking about tonight. You can't hear them enough. You will never hear this enough, ever. And, and the, the more that, I, I, any more I'm very passionate about being around people 
and, and realizing that I have something to help people with like this. And so, you're, like your radar is up, or mine is, I'll just say mine. My radar is up when I'm around people because most people, you can know pretty much where they came from in five minutes. Not everybody, but a lot of people. And, and you realize how they think, and I feel like that more and more God's given me wisdom about how to just drop little nuggets into people's lives. Not waiting necessarily till they ask you about something, but I'm, I'm, I'm learning to be a little bit more proactive in my evangelism in people's lives by just dropping little nuggets that will make them go, wow, I've never heard that before. Or I wonder why he said that. See, because, because when you get a report, anybody ever had a report that wasn't good? Everybody raise your hand. I mean, everybody's had a bad report. Come on. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> everybody's had a report that wasn't good, right? Everybody. And what determines the success of your bad reports is what you do with your mouth. It's what you do with your mouth. This has become a really strong very short verse of scripture out of Proverbs 21. Um, but I, I, I find myself a lot of times stopping at this verse in my daily routine. I stop at this verse and, and, and really have been meditating and adding to the verse things that God has given me. But it's Proverbs 21, 23 in the Passion, and it says this, Watch your words and be careful what you say. And you will be surprised by how few troubles that you'll have. Mm, 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 mm. Watch your words and be careful, everything that comes out of your mouth, and you will be surprised at how few troubles you'll have. So what that says to me is that my mouth gets me in trouble. I'm going to say it again. What that says to me is, <clears throat> few words... And watching what you say keeps you out of trouble. So what gets you into trouble is many words and not watching what you say. Is that what that says? Yeah. Many words and not taking responsibility for the words that are coming out of your mouth. That gets you in trouble. Hmm? In my elementary and junior high and high school, I just found trouble. Well, no, trouble found me. Hmm? And uh, I just, you know, I didn't watch my words, didn't watch what I said, didn't watch my attitude, didn't watch what I did, and I found myself in trouble. Found myself in the principal's office. He and I had, we were on first name basis, personal relationship. Hmm? And his paddle and I were best buds. And uh, I had a lot of trouble. I, I didn't like trouble. I mean, other than the fact that maybe it brought me some attention, <laughs> you know, in a rough way, but it brought me a little attention that maybe I was lacking, right? But you don't want attention, you don't want attention and have to draw attention by trouble. Hmm? We were created not to live in trouble, but to overcome trouble. And trouble our trouble with the Word of God, amen? And deal with it on a day-to-day -day basis. So, 
Tonight, just for the sake of a, a little bitty title, <clears throat> the title of this tonight is just Say and Do. Saying and doing. Being aware of what we say and what we do with what we say. How we develop our relationship with God. And, and you, like you can't hear it enough, but, but I, wanna, I just want to make this point that I made in the beginning. God wants you receiving from him what he's already done for you. He doesn't want us in a position where we are trying to accomplish something or to make things happen in his kingdom. He's already made it happen. He's already done it. We have to receive the fact that he's truly done everything for us. There's not anything that was left out. Not anything in your life that you will ever experience was left out of what he accomplished. In number one, making the plan for his son to be our redemption before the foundation of the world. He did, he, there was no question about it. You, you and I were already covered before we were even thought about. For any of humanity was thought about, we were already taken care of. Before Adam and Eve even were, we were already covered. We were redeemed by the blood. That sacrifice was set up before the foundation of the world. Then he stayed true to his word. He came through in sending his only son so that he could be like us, so he could suffer for us, and yet with no sin to deliver us so that we could follow in his footsteps and experience all that God has so God wants you to receive the fact that you are healed. He wants you to receive the fact that your mind is free. You don't have to listen to lies of the enemy. <clears throat> you don't have to listen to lies of the enemy trying to tell you things that really most of the time are not true. They're not true. So many lies that come to our mind. The, the Bible says there's a way that seems right, but it's not right. There are things in the natural that it, they appear to be a certain way, so they seem to be a certain way, but that's not the way it is. God wants you to be able, through his word, to shift over to what's real. Because what you see is not real. Isaiah, when it talked, when Isaiah prophesied about the coming Messiah, said the government would be upon his shoulders. So the government of God was upon his shoulders. What, he was, what Jesus was bringing to the earth was the government of God. Right? And today we have governments and then we have the government of God. And the way he accomplished that and the way he lived and the way he wants us to live is he judged nothing. Isaiah says this, Isaiah 11 I think it is, says... He judged nothing by what he saw with his eyes or what he heard with his ears. Nothing. That's how the government of God is established in the earth. He established it. He wants us to receive it. He wants us to enforce it. And the only way you'll enforce it is you're not moved by what you hear, move what you see. You're only moved by what you say. The words out of my mouth every day declaring who God truly is, I, and I say this again, I don't talk and meditate on what I don't know. I don't talk and meditate on what I don't have, and I don't talk and meditate on what I can't do. 
I talk and meditate on everything God has revealed to me, everything God has done for me, and everything that I can do through Christ who is my strength. He's already, remember, remember, it's the through Christ that empowers you and I to accomplish what he's already done. <laughs> I love that. You, you realize the only thing that's on us is just doing what he says. There's no pressure. There's, you know, we're not carrying this thing on our shoulders. He already carried it. We're not carrying anything on our shoulders. He already carried it. Now, through Christ is how we can do all these things, but we can do it through what he accomplished. And we have to receive that every day. If you're not actively receiving that in, in many different ways, I'm going to give you several examples. If you're not receiving that daily, you'll be talked out of it daily. If you're not actively, actively receiving what Jesus did for you, you'll be talked out of it on a daily basis. <clears throat> I don't like to talk about the devil a lot, but but to talk, the, the Bible says, don't be unaware of his schemes and tricks. And he's, he is the author of fear, so he's afraid. And he knows that his days are numbered, right? And, and because his days are numbered, he works overtime to try to wear you out and convince you that you will not accomplish and do what God created you to do. That you will not overcome things that come against your life. And, and what determines the level of our success is how we change what we say. But it's not just what you say because you, you can't be born again unless you believe. You, you can make a confession at the altar, but if you didn't believe, you're not born again. But if you made a confession and you believed in your heart, you're born again. Well, that same confession and belief is the same confession and belief you have to have for every other area of your life. I don't care what it is. If I'm saved, I'm healed. If I'm healed and saved, I'm delivered. Amen? If I'm saved and healed and delivered, I'm set free of everything or none of it is true. He died one time for everybody, right? But we have to learn to accept that. It's one thing for a person, I mean, you stop and think about it. If you're born again tonight, if Jesus Christ is your Savior, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, there's something about that statement that is not truly accurate. I know what people mean by that. I'm not like saying it's sacrilegious or something like to say, to say that. But he has to become Lord, because what Lord means is the one in control, right? It's up to me to receive what he did by me making confession with my mouth as a result of what I believe in my heart. And you think about it. You are born again. You're born spiritually. You're born a second time. I mean, that, that's a supernatural miracle to be born again. But the Bible says... That he, the completion of what Jesus did at Calvary, what he did there, and, and the process of that, and, and, and everything that is entailed there, he not only gave us what you might consider your ticket to heaven, it's so much more than that, but the fact that our destiny is heaven. How many believe that tonight? Heaven's a real place. It's real. 
glory to God. It's real. I thank God this place here is not all there is. There's a real heaven. Amen? But Jesus brought heaven to earth, and we can begin through the word of God and the revelation of the word. That's why my meditation and my talking daily has got to be on what he's revealing to me. And as I'm meditating on what he's revealed to me, it becomes that much stronger and more real to me that I can experience and live in heaven on earth. You say, like, all of heaven? Well, I I don't know, but let's start with a little bit of heaven. (laughs) Right? Let's start walking it out even more and more because is there any sickness in heaven? Mm. No. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. Mm -mm. Right? There's no oppression in heaven. Right? There's there's no lack of any kind in heaven. So, if he paid for all those things for us, and we can begin to experience those, okay, we're not going to experience the totality of heaven itself, but we can begin to get the pieces of it working in our life on a day-to-day basis. I'm saying... I'm saying that starts with what we say, what we talk about, and what we meditate on on a daily basis. Because there's that ugly devil, okay? He's a defeated foe. He's running scared that he's, his time is limited. He doesn't really care whether you're saved or not. He just wants you to live here like you're in hell. Nothing working. Everything broken and messed up, messed up and things, you know, out of kilter and you not really believing that God can do what he said he could do. That's the way he wants you to live. And I promise you that comes through in your life, how you talk and what you meditate on. I promise you. I promise you. We've done this around this church at different times. I, I, I mean, I do 30-day challenges all the time over myself about things that I speak out of my mouth. And two days ago, I was, I don't know where it was, somewhere, and, <clears throat> and, and something came out of my mouth, and I mean, it, it, it was like, I felt like something like knocked me back. And I, I said, I thought to myself, I, I mean, I didn't even, I haven't even talked about it, I wouldn't even say anything about it right now, didn't even tell my wife. I mean, it just, it's just a simple little thing. You know, it was just like agreeing with something that was said, and I said, yeah, that's right, and I'm thinking, I was like, it just knocked me back. What did you just say? You think, well, you know, that can't be all that bad. It depends on what you're working on. What I'm working on is I want every piece of meditation that goes on in my day and every word that comes out of my mouth to be pleasing to him. Every single one. Can we have that? I say that because of the blood of Jesus, I can have that. You can have that. We can live that way. We don't have to experience all the other trials and tests. I mean, there's trials and tests everywhere. Everybody lives around those, but they don't have to get the best of us. And what you say and what you meditate on daily is what determines where you live on this earth. Remember Jesus in his operating in the earth, did not judge things by what he saw and what he heard. Can you say amen to that? So neither do we. 
<clears throat> so, regarding what we don't know, regarding what we don't know in, in, in that part of that statement, <clears throat> I don't talk and meditate on, about what I don't know. You know, even, <clears throat> you know, the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil everything else. It's the little things that we find ourselves. So, so here's an example about something that I don't know, okay? And this used to be, this, this was traditionally my life, okay? When I was growing up, I learned how to play golf and play basketball. Other than that, there wasn't much of anything else I knew how to do. And uh, my dad was busy. My parents were divorced at a young age. My dad was busy, so, you know... I learned how to do drugs, the, the drugs that I did, and I learned how to drink alcohol and those kind of things, you know, so that they, they were effective in what I was trying to accomplish in life, you know, as a young guy. And, uh, and so when, when I met my wife, you know, and her parents, her dad, I mean, he was a guy that could fix anything, hunt anything, fish anything, you know. He, he could do all that. I'd never done any of that, you know. And, um, and so, as, as we got together and we, we married and I married in, into to the families, you know, I just realized that there was so much that I didn't know how to do. She grew up with, with a man that could fix a lot of things. So when something broke down in our home, you know, it was like, uh, well, Brian wasn't around in those days, but, uh, you know, a lot of times I used to call Brian or Lee or somebody else that knew how to fix something. I'd call him and say, well, so what do you do when this happens, you know? But, uh, but thank God for YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? <clears throat> but I used to say, well, I, I can't fix this. There's no way. I, I mean, I don't know how to do this. But today, uh-uh. I have the revelation of God to do anything. And you say, well, you know, just hire somebody to do it. Yeah, you, you can do that. Or you can grow in revelation and learn how to do things. And I've made myself learn. But you know where it started was? You can't say that you don't know. If you keep saying you don't know how to do this, you, no matter how many YouTubes you'll, you'll watch, you know what you'll do is you'll run through the YouTube video and you'll miss what they really said and you'll do it wrong. Because you're not taking the time to change the way you think by saying, I can know this. I can know how to do this. I mean, there's 101 examples that we could give about the little things in life that really matter about what you say and how you look at it. So in this statement here about I don't talk and meditate on what I don't know. I know how to fix, for me it's been the washer, the dryer, the oven, the air conditioner in, up there that water leaked all through into my washroom, and I learned how to fix the air conditioner. I mean, I ended up calling the air conditioner guy, but I wanted to figure out how, what the heck happened. And then when... The water came in the ceiling. I figured out how to repair the ceiling. 
and put a new light up there because it shorted the light that was in there. Put a new light in there. Man, you ought to see it. It's impressive. It's impressive. My brother-in-law, who can fix anything, came and said, that really looks good. Dang right. No. <clears throat> then you get in pride and everything will go out. <clears throat> You'll ruin everything. You'll short-circuit the whole house. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> but, but I'm just saying, why? Why? Because I know how to do it. I have the wisdom of God. It didn't mean you have to go to YouTube and to fix everything. You do whatever you want to do. But I was working on something. I was getting this mess out of my life because in, in the little things that I'm saying that in, you think you can just get away with, well, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, like, like the other day somebody said something about the weather, about how hot it is, you know. Worst heat thing we've had in all these years and, you know, uh, now people are trying to, it's all global warming and all this kind of mess. I mean, any of that kind of stuff you hear, just shut it off. Amen. Amen. God's got a hold of the globe. Amen? He's got it. It's okay. It's been 30 plus days or more of really hot weather, okay? But can you, do you have the right and the authority to speak to the weather? Did Jesus speak to the weather? Okay? Did Jesus give us authority and did he say, the works that I did, you'll do, and even greater works because I've gone to the Father. Did he say that? He said we would do his work. First, we got to do what he did. And the greater works to me are just the fact that we can all do it. But see, people think, people will start thinking, well, you got you to just scream at the weather, you know, at the sky, or you got to do whatever. No, first and foremost, you got to pray in the Holy Ghost, make sure that's what he wants you to say. And every day, I've made declarations over our weather, where the heat is concerned and where rain is concerned. But you've got to watch what you say. Because if all you just talk about is rain, it could come a, you know, flooding rains, destructive rains. My words are just what God told me. Today, I was at my office door right here. I just opened the door, and I said about five things over the heat, and, and over what has been a lack of rain, okay? And I'm saying it every day, I'm declaring it every day, and I believe that I receive it because I feel like the, the Father told me that I could speak that. Well, you know, what if you're wrong? What if I'm not? Well, it hadn't changed. I didn't see a cloud in the sky. Well, there's another story in the Bible. There was one little cloud. Huh? One little cloud. But all of a sudden, after, how, how many years of famine was that? Three and a half, right? Yeah. There were three and a half years of famine and, and, and no rain. And then all of a sudden, cloud the size of a man's fist. I saw one of those today, too, just... Just barely at the, at the line of the sky where it, where, where it kind of turns right there. I saw a little bitty cloud, not another one in the whole. I'm just thinking, God, I thank you. I thank you for rain. Can God cause rain to manifest with no clouds? I mean, can God do anything? Yeah. But he does everything in the earth based on our faith because he gave us the authority in the earth. Right? Earth is the Lord's in the fullness, but he gave authority to the sons of men and women. Psalm 115. 
He gave us the authority in the earth. And the only thing that will work through God is if we do it his way. So we have to hear from him, and then we release faith for what he told us to do, and it always works. And the only way to accomplish that is daily, saying and doing, talking and meditating, declaring and and then meditating on what he says is so. And the more I do that, the more I allow that to happen in my life every day, changes the way I think so that I can connect with everything that he wants. And that's why in the little things like fixing something, well, I don't know how to do that. Okay. What if you just started saying, I have the wisdom of God and I can do that. I can accomplish this. I can know how to do this. Right? Let's say on this topic that, I mean, this is a this is a familiar, it was familiar when I came into the church 45 years ago, when I got born again 45 years ago. For a while, it was a very well-known statement in the church that you never know what God is going to do. It was a very well-known statement. I, I don't know if people say that anymore. I, I, I don't hear people saying it. Maybe they just don't say it around me. But... Um, people would say, you just never know what God is going to do. Well, the Bible says we can know what God will do if we learn how to yield to his voice. There's a still small voice internally. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you begin to pray with other tongues. You have the ability to pray the will of God through other tongues, and you learn. He says we pray in the Spirit, then we pray with the understanding. And when we have the understanding of the things that God is revealing to us, then we can know the future. Um, I don't know when it was. I'm just thinking of this one person. It was probably, I don't know, it may have been three or four or five years ago, even longer. And somebody that I was talking to was was believing God for a new position where, where they were at or an advancement or new direction in their life. They were tired of where they were at. And so I just began to ask them a few questions. So do, do you believe that you can do this? Do you believe that, like, you, you know, the next uh, level in the company that you're in, do you believe you could be that person to accomplish it? And they said, well, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know that I could do it. I don't know that I know enough. I don't know I'm smart enough. Okay, there's your first problem. So why would you advance? Why would there be advancement if you're not believing you could actually do that? And where does that come from? Constant meditation. Well, I'm not good enough. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know that I could do this and that. People just don't realize how their words set the tone for their whole life. People just don't realize it. And that's why this statement about not talking and meditating on what you don't know, first and foremost, is so vital. It is so vital. Because we can know everything that God knows that he wants us to know. Do you you think that, this is an iPad, but 
my Bible's in this iPad. Do you think that the Bible is the total extent of the knowledge of God? <laughs> I, I feel like it's just volume one of endless volumes. But on this earth, this is all we need. We get to heaven, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it's not exactly that way, but that's just what I, that's what I think, right? But all we need is this. And so we can know everything that he wants us to know, and he let us know what he wants us to know, and it's in the Bible. And I can know it, and I can be a, a recipient of it, and the revelation that comes from that is what Jesus told his disciples that God would build his church on, right? The rock of revelation knowledge. He said, on this rock, I will build my church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. So we're the church, and that's us, and so we know everything that God wants us to know. And there's nothing in what God wants you to know that's going to hurt you, make you sick, depress you, make you poor, you know, hurt you or anything else. Everything that God has is good. Everybody say, God is good. And he's good not just some of the time. He's good all the time. Can you say amen? So we don't talk and meditate on what we don't know. Second thing is we don't talk about what we don't have. About what we don't have. Like that we don't have enough of something. You don't talk that. You may be in a situation where the first one, you don't know what you need to know in the natural. You may be in a situation where you don't have all the things that you need for a specific thing. But when you go to the Word, He's already supplied that. So our job is receiving that from Him and, and listening and watching God move heaven and earth to get the right situations and circumstances in place for you to be able to know everything and and have everything that he wants you to have. I'll just ask you this question. How much, and I'm not just talking about in a monetary way, I'm talking about in every way, how much does God want you to have? And only you can answer that question for you. How much does God want you to have? How much does God want you to know? To me, it's endless. And the more I look at life like that, and I see it as endless, the more I know and the more I have. Because I know he wants that for me. And it's not about me acquiring it by driving myself into the ground trying to make something happen. It's me learning how to receive. Does that mean you do nothing? Absolutely not. You do everything he tells you to do. The thing that liberates us is us not being busy doing things that he's not told us to do. And we have to learn and have to develop the ability to hear him that way. Can we hear him? If all the people in the Bible that we read about heard him, he's no respecter of person, then I can hear him. Amen? And if I can hear him, then you can hear him. Right? That's true. He's no respecter of person. I don't care who you are, I don't care where you came from, I don't care your upbringing, I don't care what it is. He is a respecter of faith, of developed faith, of developing faith. You're not, you're not everybody's been dealt the same measure of faith, but, but what does it take for that faith to develop? Exercising it, right? From one faith experience to the next. 
like the example that I gave you about saying out of my mouth, well, you know, there's no way, I, I can't do that. I don't know, I don't have enough information about that. There's no way I could fix that washing machine. And I can remember one of the first times after I short-circuited the oven, I was going to put a new element in our oven in another house we lived in. And I thought, eh, you know, I can do this. I, I don't even think there was YouTube then with that one. And uh, not only did the oven disintegrate, and I don't know what I did, <coughs> but the lights in the house started flickering. <laughs> I, I was, I was short-circuiting everything in the house. But before I started on it, I was convincing myself I couldn't do it. Saying it out of my mouth. Man, you know, I don't know if I can do this or not, but I, I think I can. You know? So I went in it as Tim the Toolman Taylor. Huh? And got rid of the oven. But I can remember the first one I did do from YouTube, and I was like, I'm listening to this guy on YouTube, and he's using, you know, mechanical words that were like, to me, it was like some foreign language. And, uh, but I just stayed with it. And, and I made sure I got the picture of the exact identical, I think it was a wash, it was a washing machine or a dryer, that same identical one. So I just did everything he said. <laughs> and I can remember, plugged it in, <laughs> and, and I, I was going, and it didn't blow up. And it worked for a long time. But what I started doing was declaring, I can learn this. I'm, I'm, I'm not that stupid where this, this is concerned. But I've always told myself I was because all I knew how to do was the other two things that I told you. No, I can do a lot of things today and getting better at it all the time because I changed what I said. That's where it starts. That's not where it ends. That's where it starts. You have to change the way you think about yourself before you can be on the receiving end of everything that God has done for you. I don't know about you. I want God's provision, not what I can do. That's what I want. I want everything that he can do. Can you say amen? Are you hearing this word tonight? <clears throat> so, I'm not meditating and talking about what I don't know. I'm not meditating and talking about what I don't have. And I'm not meditating and talking about what I can't do. Because Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Paul said that to the church at Philippi. He said to them, Paul said, my God. I'm telling you today, my God shall supply all of your need, no matter what it is. That's not just a monet in the monetary way. I'm talking about in every way. My God will supply your every need. I'm not telling you that a God or someone else's God or just the God of the Bible. It's the God of the Bible, but he's my God. See, because of what he's taught me through the years, what I've learned about it, my God will meet your need because my God has met my need. He said, and my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And actually, actually, this verse of scripture, this is like, this is like 
Christianity 101. So we should never have a need. Pastor, everybody has needs. I didn't say you didn't have, you weren't in, in, you're not still even finding yourself in situations where maybe you don't have enough wisdom, you don't have enough money for a situation, you don't have enough understanding about what to do with something that has attacked your body, none of those kind of things. But we're talking about faith. I'm telling you that my God has already supplied everything you need in every way. My God has, okay? Because I know that for myself. So when I'm faced with something that looks like that, I'm going to do as Jesus did, what he was commanded to do, to establish the government of God in the earth. I'm not going to judge anything by what I see, what I hear, even how I feel. Mm -mm. Judging and basing everything on what the Word of God says. Can you say amen to that? So, the third thing in this statement that I got last week at the, at the convention was that I'm not talking and meditating on what I can't do. What I can't do. Ephesians, I mean, uh, Philippians 4 and verse 12 says this. I know how to be abased, Paul said this. There's a whole other story, you can go back and read the first 11 verses here, but in verse 12 he said, Paul said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry. So I've been with, he said, and I've been without. Anybody ever been with? Uh, Anybody ever been without? Okay, at different times we've been with, we've been without. But watch, here he says what the key to the whole thing is. He said, I've been full and hungry, both to abound and suffer need. But here's the answer. I can. Who who can? He could. I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. So, if all I'm talking about all the time is what I can't do, you know, what I can't have, what I don't have, and, and what I can't accomplish, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm never going to have this, I'm never going to have that, and I, that's all that's coming out of my mouth, then I'm not supplying the answer to when you're with and you're without. Is there any without in heaven? Hmm. Is there any lack in heaven? Any sickness in heaven? Hmm. Any oppression, depression, none of it. So, He brought heaven to earth, and so the only way that I can replace the times when, like like Paul said, I've been at times when I was without. He was in some of the letters he wrote, he was in the deepest, darkest prisons that a person could be in. And I mean, you'd never know it by the way he was writing. Because he knew that his God would deliver him, and God delivered him out of all the stuff that happened to him. And he said that. He said, many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but my God delivered me from all of them. All of them. Didn't mean you didn't go through those, but he didn't camp out in those things and stay there. God led him out of that. And the key to it is, you knowing, and it's never gonna, you're never going to change the way you think. When you've got a mentality that you're not enough, you'll never have enough, this will never work out, nothing's ever good enough, you'll never be able to accomplish things. 
You keep that mentality and you'll stay in not enough and in lack in every area of your life. But when you begin to change it by saying, I can do all things through Christ who is my strength, and you're declaring that over yourself every single day and things like that on a day-to-day basis, you're changing the way you're thinking. As a man thinks, the Bible says, that's the way he is. You can hear this word right here tonight, and it's a word to encourage you to do something with what you're hearing, and you, you can hear this word, but if you do nothing with it, the word being preached will not deliver you. You have to become a doer of that. We have to be a sayer and a doer. Can you say amen? amen. <clears throat> Just a couple other verses I want to read, and then, then I'll be done. <clears throat> Ephesians Actually, uh, 2 Peter 1.3 in the New Living Translation, I want to read this. But by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. I'm going to read that again. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this. By coming to know him. So you don't develop, you get born again, but you never develop a relationship with him through his word. Then you won't be in a place of being able to receive from him. The word has to be broken down to where it's like, like Joey and I are developing a relationship by talking. Okay, If, if, if Joey and I know each other, we've shaken hands, that's one thing. You get born again, it's like you've shaken hands with God. But for us to get to know each other, we've got to sit down and talk and communicate, realize where we're coming from and all this kind of stuff, so you're developing a relationship. Well, the Word of God has to be broken down in such a way that it's, it's God through the Word speaking these things to you. If it doesn't break down that way, if it's just the knowledge of something in your head, then you won't be on the receiving end of the blessings and the promises of God. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. He called you to himself. He called you. Put your hand on yourself and say, God called me to himself. Say it again. God called me to himself. That's a precious thing. God called me to him. You know, sometimes people take certain things in the Word of God and they'll preach it in a way that they're, it's, they're, they're I've heard people do this before. I've heard, and it may, maybe I've come off that way at different times or something, but I've heard people preach the Word in such a way that it almost, it's almost like they're saying it, you know, in a way that they're, you know, they're kind of, demanding it out of you as a preacher. That's so far from the truth. The Bible says you need somebody to preach the word, as I'm doing tonight. But what's being preached has to be brought to you in a way that you're receiving it from him. And when you read that verse of Scripture right there, especially in the New Living Translation, 
That, there is, that is such a, that's one verse that I just read right there. And it is such a personal verse to you. I'm going to read it again. By his divine power, God has given you everything you need for living a godly life. Dang. So what does that mean? No excuse. Can't blame my wife. Can't blame any friends. Can't blame my parents for what they didn't do. Can't blame the government. Mm -mm. We live in a society today, in a climate that is a blame game climate. Nobody taking responsibility for their actions. Want to blame everybody else for the problem. At the end of the day, it's what you do with what you receive from him that he's already done. That's what I, I just, I love this kind of stuff. I just, I, I could talk about this for the next three hours. Well, next three days. He's already done it. I'm here to receive what he's already done. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Be good for you to take that verse of scripture and just meditate on it. See, because what you want is you want him speaking that to you. I'm preaching it to you, okay? But as you take that and you spend time in it, then he says, now, this is what I really wanted you to know for you. Nobody can speak to you like that except him. Can you say amen? amen. So I want to read this last one here, Ephesians 1 and in the New Living also. Ephesians 1, 3 through 5 in, in the New Living. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, has already, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Because we're united with Christ. Even before he made the world, 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 God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Before he created the world, he knew you and he loved you. In spite of us, he loves us. In spite of us and our mistakes and the things we've done, he sees us through the blood of Jesus. And he says, man, that's, that's my son, that's my daughter. Ooh, man, he loves you. That's what he said right here. And he said, God decided in advance to adopt us <laughs> into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So if we've been brought into the family and we've received, as it said in 2 Peter, we've received, get, been given, he's given us everything that we need to live a godly life. And what our responsibility is, as I started this message out, is that we have to develop in our life every single day a life that does not talk and meditate on what we don't know, what we don't have, and what we can't do. 
but a life where we talk and meditate on what God has revealed to us, what he's given to us, all that God has done for us, and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.